Ichigo. <laughs> I typed that into my computer, James Martin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know why. Uh, Google's algorithm, man. Most search. Huh. Um, let me see if I've got... Excuse me. Oh, that's not good. That's my essay on it. So basically blaming, because what he was, he, while you're looking that up, I'll tell you what he was saying. So he, through Romans 9 and 11, would not, he would not discuss predestination. Mm-hmm. He kept saying this leads people to think about predestination, but that's not the focus of what we're talking about now, which is like, hold on a second. Like, literally, Romans 9 says, Jacob I've loved, Esau I've hated. To the nation of Israel, I'm delivering Pharaoh's heart. I hardened so that I could show the majesty of my mercy, right? And then can the clay say to the potter, why have you made me this way? When there are some that are created for honorable vessels, others that are created for dishonorable vessels. And so he doesn't get into the predestination aspect of it, which, fine, whatever. But what he says is, which I thought was really interesting, and I went back and checked him to make sure it was correct. But Paul takes and he stops referring to the nation of Israel as Jews. All through Romans, he's referred to them as the Jews, right? Mm -hmm. And then in chapter 9, he says that Paul flips his argument and calls them now Israel to broaden the scope and bring back the the, um, idea of being God's chosen people. And then he says that these three categories this light that god's righteousness is based on is what he says election and calling which yes right and he says that that there's a light side of election there's a dark side of election and he uses those three examples you have jacob the nation of israel and the honorable vessels as the light side and then the dark side uh, would be esau pharaoh and the dishonorable vessels And he goes, what Paul's arguing in chapters 9, and then he moves to the Gentiles. But in chapter 9, he's saying these people who basically had a leg up in the race to God's righteousness have now moved from the light side of election to the dark side of election because they base their righteousness on the law as opposed to faith. Hmm. And I was like, interesting. Yeah. So the... Can't believe there's modern scholars that would say Luther was wrong in the yeah. way he read Paul. Like that's so wow. arrogant. Yeah. Well, it, because it, it because they come at it from um historical. Luther, well, kind of kind of historical critical, but even uh because but NT Wright wouldn't necessarily fall into that camp because he does believe in uh I mean, that's why he's kind of a weird figure in this. Uh, so here are just the uh, unwritten. Uh, this is just from a paper that I had unwritten and implied presuppositions from the new perspective on Paul. Lutheran Reformation theology is the hinge point of the divisions within the current church and within Judeo Christian relationships. Ecclesiology, especially focusing on covenantal identity, not soteriology individual salvation is the primary focus of the new perspective on Paul, meaning who gets in the covenant 
versus how do I get saved? Terminology within Paul's writings is redefined over against Lutheran Reformation understanding. The confession of inerrancy and infallibility of Scripture is highly questionable, if not undermined completely, specifically regarding the continuity of narrative from the Gospels to the Epistles. Uh, So that's just... You wrote uh, that? Yes. And... That's, I mean, I can, I can send you a, a, a paper on it, but it was, it was basically, there were, there were some good things that came out concerning how to, uh, you know, evaluate the, the life of a Christian because it, uh, they did focus it more on the covenantal community, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is a very important part, which is something that like, if you think about the, the tensions that exist within Christianity and particularly American Christianity. American Christianity tends to focus much more on the individual, much more on how do I get personally saved, my personal relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, right. which is very, which is very important. But that relationship that you have with Christ places you within a community, right. a body of Christ. Right. And so, uh, yeah, we're it, not good at building the scaffolding. In a mean? way, what I mean like, is like taking it from the personal to the communal. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean by that, right? Like yeah. like you as an individual, your responsibility and your personal journey, walk, whatever with Christ yeah. is monumental for the fostering, the serving, and ultimately the training of others within your community. Right. And you and, can't, as you say, pour from an empty cup, right? So you can't yeah. serve your community well if you're not being... Right. But it's, but yeah, it, and so it's it's that, um, so in their critiques of things, uh, namely of, of what kind of Protestant theology had become, mm-hmm. with this focus on the individual, there's some good that can be taken away from that. But there are others that push it so far to say, well, it's not even really about the individual, like the individual salvation uh, you you honestly you can't be certain of that because it's a it's a, a ultimately a a a communal salvation that happens Whoa. at the end. Yeah, no, that would not be right. Yeah, which would lead people to believe the entire nation of Israel being saved. Correct. Yeah. Oh, so mm-hmm. so yeah. So I, I would just read it with discernment. No, I will. Yeah, I, um, that's why when he made the argument about. You know him. I went back. I I literally he made that statement. I went back and I read Romans one through Romans eight, yeah. and I was like, "Did he say Israel at all?" Yeah. Like no, I'm <clears throat> I'm reading it with discernment. He, he's it's so dense. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, yeah. I I'm spending about two hours a day in the Book of Romans, <laughs> which that's that's a, a good thing. Hey, hey, I ain't mad about it. Right, yeah. I am not mad about it. What was it that Luther said? It would be quite proper for a Christian not only to know it by heart, word for word, but to also study it daily, for it yeah. is the soul's daily bread. It can never yeah. be read or meditated too much and too well. Yeah. The more thoroughly it is treated, the more precious it becomes, and the yeah. better it tastes. Yeah. Martin Luther's preface to the Book of Romans, page number one. Yeah. Um. No, it's been it's been good. Um, I'm doing that and also trying to finish Jess's Bible by Christmas. Oh, yeah. So I'm 
my goal is to have the entire New Testament done this week and then fill in the gaps on the Old Testament that I haven't completed yet until Christmas. So I finished Romans and Luke today and get the Gospels done tomorrow. It's good. Yeah. A lot of studying. A lot of things going on. Then I got drill this weekend when you head back. All right. Uh, 16th and 17th. And guess what I get to do again this weekend? Go travel. To the 180th. Yeah. How'd you know? Did you get put life, on those emails too somehow? <laughs> no, I, no, I'm I'm off of that. Although I did talk to uh, some of the guys up there because I had to get my DTS account changed over. So that was. Yeah, they're all good. Leadership change was good. Um, but everybody's still getting in the groove. I think everybody's still like recovering hung over from, a little bit yeah. from NTC. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been good. And we got Advent on the third. Yeah. Which has never been a focus in our church. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's more of a liturgical thing or not, but yeah, it it is. A, I feel like I feel like, and I think this is a really good thing. Tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe you don't even know, but I feel like with more of the deconstructing that goes on societally, right? Mm-hmm. What's happening is it's creating people like myself that have not been, you know, higher church liturgical people to be like, oh, maybe we need to shift yeah. our focus a little bit and be you know yeah like i heard one pastor today say um and he was very clearly a charismatic preacher mm-hmm. very clearly a charismatic <laughs> preacher but he told a story and he said when i interviewed for this church they told me that they leaned left and they asked me how i felt about that and he goes in that moment i heard the hear uh, the holy spirit say and so I just reluctantly said, I don't lean. I stand on mm-hmm. the word of God. I'll call a sin a sin. And I'll call holiness holiness. Or he said, what the word of God calls sin, I'll call sin. And what the word of God calls holiness. And I mean, he's shouting right. I mean, he's going, he's, he's getting at me. And it was really good. And I started thinking about it. I was like, I think a lot of that's, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about new reformation and like yeah. that whole kind of idea. I think the deconstructing stuff that was going on and deconstructing my faith and, you know, all this, you know, for lack of a better term, liberal Christianity stuff that is happening is making more people go, okay, like it can't be a silent bystander anymore. Yeah. It's time to stand up. It's time to stand for truth and what the Bible actually says. Yeah. So it's been Mm -hmm. good. So I'm actually excited tonight to talk about Advent because I've been reading your thing that we're working on. Speaking of which, we're going to be putting out an Advent devotional. Um, so if you want to get that in your inbox, go to unculturedad.com slash newsletter and sign up for the newsletter. It'll come the first Thursday of every month is when it won't come every week, just the first Thursday of every month. <laughs> and we yeah. plan on including in a devotional with that. So make sure that you hop on that but i'm excited having looked at what you kind of started writing um learning more about why we celebrate advent i mean i know why but it's good 
we got our Advent devotional. We got our Advent chocolates for the kids to open. All right. You know, yeah. There every you go. day. So yeah. uh, it's going to be good. Are you ready to go? Sure. All right. Here we go. What's going on, everybody? We are back after a week I... off of Thanksgiving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> Coleman, you got <laughs> filled to the brim. Uh, maybe I, I maybe did. it was cope eating with your newfound love of the Detroit Lions and how terrible they played uh, on was... Thursday. Oh. Uh, maybe it was, you know, it, depression it was... eating. I don't know. Maybe. It wasn't for me. It, it was, I, other, than, other than one game this weekend, it was a bad weekend of football. For me, so, yeah, Louisville turned out pretty good. Uh, no, they didn't. Did they lose? But they did, oh, and sorry. it was yeah. I, see, listen, was... like I don't know what is going on with me. I told my wife this the other day, and she about went through the roof of our house, like just out <laughs> of pure shock. But I am losing interest in sports. Oh wow! Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like I have not watched a single snap. With the caveat of I did watch the fourth and thirty-one play from Alabama this weekend, <laughs> but I haven't watched I don't think a single snap of football outside of Michigan or the Lions this year. Yeah, I haven't watched a single play of basketball because I hate basketball. I've watched a little bit of hockey, but like I just have I'm just not interested. Yeah, I I have definitely reduced my uh, watching. A football but that's partially because we just have um uh, not cable uh just antenna yeah so i mean it's just like you can only get you know, what's on there yeah well and like uh, rt like our tvs had gone out too so like the only ability that i have to watch tv is on my ipad yeah and like i just i'm not sitting on a couch watching my ipad because that's really dumb so like I have to be sitting here at the desk to watch the iPad, and I don't want to be sitting down here in the office when I sit down here all day to watch right. watch sports. It's just not something I'm. It just is what it is. I mean, I, my life's yeah. not any different because of it, right? And yeah. I've actually filled it with more productive things, right? Which is not a bad thing. Like yeah. I love sports. I think, as one of my good friends down in Texas said, sports are like the opium for the masses, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. There's truth. Which is true, and it's a good way to well, to to unplug and decompress. But yeah, well, and like, it, let me give you an example. Last year for the Michigan Ohio State game, with how much was riding on the game, I was physically nervous, knots mm -hmm. in my stomach, every minute of that game. Yeah, every minute last year. Yeah, this year I watched the game in its entirety, every snap of it. Jess gracious enough to let me do that. And she came in and she goes, "How's it going?" I go, "I don't care. Like I'm just watching to watch." Wow. Okay. Like, and but I wasn't nervous at all the entire game. Yeah. Didn't care if we won. We won great onto the Big Ten championship. If we lost, my life's no different. Yeah. Like no different. Yeah. Now I'm not there with the Lions yet because I have much higher expectations for the Lions <laughs> right now. Right. And I yeah. really don't like their quarterback, so every time he messes up, I like to make fun of people who like him. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It's just crazy. So, yeah, Thursday. Like, I didn't even I, – I watched most of the Lions game. Um, but the first half I was watching on my phone because we were at my, my mother-in-law's, and 
She doesn't yeah. have cable either, and it just is what it was. Yeah, I we watched. What did I mean? I watched some, but I, it wasn't like we're sitting down watching a full game. Yeah, um, it's hard with kids you know. too when they're young. Yeah, and that's... like like Jack got tickets to the Robins game last Wednesday. I mm-hmm. couldn't go because I was sick, so my dad ended up taking him. End of the first period, he was ready to go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, okay. Yeah. That's just part of it, I guess. Yeah. But did but you yeah, have a good the, Thanksgiving though? So overall, yeah, it was um it You was were not, in it was Fort Wayne. Was Fort Wayne, yeah. Um yeah, it was it was relaxing. Um, you know, it took we the weather was nice, which was uh, I mean it wasn't really like warm, but it was clear and sunny, mm-hmm. so you know, the took the kids to the playground. Uh, we went on, so the kind of tradition in, in with uh, Rachel's family is, so we have Thanksgiving, Thursday, and then Friday we go and get a, tr- a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. like, and they go get a live tree. That was my so, family's tradition, too. Yeah. Um, and so we went and we got, uh, cut it down and stuff, and I, 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 I had, I had fun doing it and whatever, but I react physically like my i i don't know if you can see it or not but i've got like a little bit yeah oh this, yeah yeah um to pine tar or whatever you know pine wow. needles and stuff so yeah i mean i was like i stuck my hand in to grab it and i was like i knew i knew what was going to happen and so yeah sure enough i broke out but you know that was that's a fun thing and, and having the kids like yeah because we're sitting there sawing it so the kids are down with me and uh cutting it and you know, we got pictures of that and stuff. So that was that was fun. And then we uh came back, yeah, on Saturday and I was it was it was kind of kind of good, kind of uh bad. I was I was listening to the Louisville Kentucky game on on the drive back and I was just I could feel my blood pressure going up like as I'm listening to it and things are falling See? apart. Yeah. And it's just like, oh man. Anyways. Um but then when that was over, flipped over to the Michigan Ohio State game and was uh more relieved with that result. That was and... such a good football game. <laughs> it was so, like as a fan of sports who knows a thing or two about them, just such a great display of football from both teams. Yeah. Like I'm a Michigan guy, but Ohio State played well. Michigan just played a little bit better. So yeah. It it was good. No, we uh we had brunch at Jess's mom's house, and so that went well. And <laughs> excuse me, I had COVID last week. Oh, I don't know if anybody needs to know that or not? But oh man, I finally tested negative on Thursday and was able to actually participate in Thanksgiving, which was up in the air for a little bit. Yeah. So if I cough a little bit, I'll try to hide it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we went over there for brunch and had way too many carbs and yeah. then oh yeah was... and then um we went to we came back home for a little bit i finished watching the lions game and then we went to um my parents for uh thanksgiving dinner and it was good good family time and then friday we woke up and we made cinnamon roll donuts <laughs> for the kids oh, because wow. friday was just like our family day to do nothing we had nothing scheduled. I didn't even sit in front of the computer at all. 
like which was a great break for me um and it was going to be our day to like just decorate the house for christmas just get the house ready right yeah and so i had found online cinnamon roll donuts where you take like the pillsbury package and you just cut the middle out of them and then you deep fry them and then so you get you get however many are in the package of donuts but then you also get that many donut Donut holes holes. as well yeah right and then you just run the frosting over them after they come out of the oil oh wow and i'm telling you (laughs) it's like the best thing in the world like it it, you need to do it (laughs) yeah Yeah. it was phenomenal it was so good jess was like this is the best thing i've ever had (laughs) and you have to not make them again because they are dangerous yeah and they really are like it was good so we got we got the house decorated friday and saturday and then a good day in church on sunday and Back to the grind on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Time to talk so, about Advent. Yeah, we've talked about. That's what we're uh, here. We spent a lot of time talking about season. Thanksgiving. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we spent eight minutes here well, talking about football and Thanksgiving, which is good because yeah. we've been out for a week and people need yeah. to hear our voice, apparently. So. <laughs> but December maybe they 3rd, were Maybe they were giving thanks that they didn't hear from us. So not, and maybe they were, but we hope not. We hope right. not. Right. Um, December 3rd is officially the kickoff of Advent, which yeah. is kind of like the church calendar flipping itself over and starting Correct. a new year. So we just want to talk tonight about Advent, what yeah. that means, uh, why it is impactful, and honestly, why it's a reason to give thanks, which we just celebrated. Yeah. So I'm going to take a drink and I'm going to turn it over to you. Cause okay, my sure. Yeah, going. That's, that's fine. Yeah. So Advent is a a traditional season in the church year, um, and when I talk about the church year, there is a uh, just historically, the church has set up, uh, and when I say the church, I mean the body of Christ throughout time, has set up its own rhythm of life, and it's all based around the events of of Jesus's life, and that's really important in one regard because it it kind of pulls us out of uh, the world's expectations of life. And so that's one of the, and I think one of the real advantages of Advent and celebrating Advent and recognizing it is that it makes you pause and step back from, uh, the commercialization and the, uh, sentimentality that comes with Christmas. That's so often associated with it. Advent makes you really reflect on, okay, why is it that we're celebrating the incarnation of Christ. And then not only that, but why does he have to come anyways, which is ultimately completed uh, with his death and resurrection at Good Friday and Easter, which is another mm-hmm. part of the, the church year, another, another season. But Advent itself, so the name is Latin and it means arrival. Um, so it's, and we, we use the, the word Advent in English uh, for that, that same purpose. But the focus of the season is to prepare us for the arrival of the Lord. In one regard, looking backwards in the past to his first arrival, his incarnation, but also to look forward to his second arrival, uh, the new advent, uh, his coming in glory, when he will recreate the, the heavens and the earth, raise us from the dead, if, if, if we are dead, or um, you know, transform us and transform our lowly bodies into 
uh, glorious bodies and welcome us into his kingdom for eternity. And so Advent has those themes that run through it. And there's four weeks that are celebrated uh, in Advent. And each one of them, uh, traditionally, the first Sunday of Advent and the first Sunday of the church year, the traditional readings for, for that are actually the Palm Sunday readings, which is a very interesting uh, you know, uh, way to start See, the this new is, church year. This is a history lesson for me. Mm-hmm. Because for whatever reason, us independent Baptists, we don't follow a church calendar. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that well, must have worked for hundreds of years, but yeah. we're well, and independent it, Baptists, dang it. Yeah. We do what we want to do, right? And like, I get it, right? There's a million reasons why that may be the case. But yeah. like it was never a focus for us growing up that hey, this is the advent season. Yeah. Right. And I don't know if it was maybe just my church specifically because of we have a lot of like our area is very Catholic influenced. Yeah. And we are not Catholic. Right. So like there may be that whole like distinction and trying to be distinct. Um but it just makes sense. Yeah. Like, hey, well hello. Well, yeah, and, and 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 don't get me wrong, like the the church calendar and um, the seasons and stuff. That's not that's there, there's not like a scriptural mandate for this. No, for sure um, not. It is it is it is it is a a, a tradition and innovation of man. Um, that and but the intent of it is again to to kind of uh, pull us out of living by the world's rhythm and instead live by the church's rhythm. And so it's it's helpful in that regard, and and especially for Advent itself was celebrated as a penitential season. So there's in the church year there are two penitential seasons: uh, Advent, which leads to Christmas, and then Lent, which leads to Easter. And it's obvious for those reasons why they're penitential, uh, because they lead to the highest celebrations in mm-hmm. uh, in the whole of the church year: the incarnation and then the resurrection. Is this the same thing as a liturgical calendar? So yeah, you could you uh, some people call it that. Yeah, um, the okay. sanctoral cycle is another name for it. Liturgical calendar uh, is because is... I legitimately googled traditional church calendar, and the first things that popped up are twenty twenty three traditional liturgical calendar. Yeah, traditional so, Roman Catholic internet site. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, and and a lot of those a a lot of the the. Uh, even Protestant groups that use that are the ones that are, are tr- that were kind of part of the conservative Reformation, meaning yeah. they kept some things from the Catholic Church. They didn't get rid of everything wholesale. Um, and the church calendar and the, the liturgy, the liturgy itself um, is both a, a form of the service, but it's also, again, kind of a way of life. It's, uh, it goes back and forth on the definition of what that actually means. Uh, but it has to do with the working, uh, whether it's the working of people or the working of God on it. It can go both ways. But it's, again, to try to sync you up with a, a life that is not simply coming on Sunday morning and hearing the word of God, sure. but a life yeah. that is lived in that uh, continuously. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, the two, the two penitential seasons, Lent and Advent, and if you go into a, a church uh, that celebrates this and that has kind of the the higher liturgy that uh, and they will have different colors uh, on their altar 
and on their uh, where they're preaching from or, or around the church or whatever. In both of those seasons, Lent and Advent, the colors are dark. Um, it used to be traditionally that both seasons were purple, uh, both to, because they purple was both the sign of royalty and the sign of repentance. Sure, both pointing towards the king, his arrival or his return, but then also his a coron- coronation on the cross and yeah. through the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, many churches have also now switched to uh, blue for Advent. Again, a dark color for the penitential part, but also they, they shifted it because Advent, unlike Lent, Lent is really where you're considering your sin as it's leading to the cross. Mm-hmm. But Advent, um, you're considering your sin for the reason that Christ came, but you're also looking forward to uh, in hope for when he returns. So that's kind of the difference between the two is Advent is a penitential season, but it's also focused on hope. Um, Lent is focused on hope, but there's much more of the, this is leading to Christ's death. And so it is uh, more, it is more heavily focused on our, the aspect of repentance of this is what our savior did for us. So, yeah. Um, but as I mentioned, the, the, the first reading or the, the, the gospel reading on the first Sunday in Advent is traditionally has been uh, the Palm Sunday reading, the triumphal entrance into Jerusalem, which it, it makes it, and that's, that's also the first Sunday of the church year. So it, it's an interesting, um, you know, you kind of can pull out from there what the, the people were thinking about uh, when they instituted this in the, in the calendar is that the whole of the, the Christian life is looking for this return of Christ. Yeah. Um, not simply in the way that he came on a donkey into Jerusalem to go to the cross for our sake, but when he will return in glory um, with all of his angels attending to him and when he will at last finally separate uh, the sheep from the goats. Well, and, it's, it's the, and, the foreshadowing of the triumphal entry upon Jesus' earthly ministry for the ultimate triumphal correct. entry when he returns in glory. Correct. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That, yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me, yeah. right? Like, there's, I mean, if we take Revelation 19 to be true, when Jesus is going to come back yeah. riding on a white horse, exactly, tattooed on his leg that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords, right? Like, that's going to be pretty triumphant, right? And <laughs> and, and also with the significant with, with the imagery of Revelation 7, where the saints are around the throne with Correct. palm branches in their hands. So, um, you know, that's the the imagery that's that's being foreshadowed in the in reading the triumphal entry on the first Sunday of the church year. You gotta so, get your boys up on this technology thing. What's that? I'm searching around for the doggone LMCS <laughs> liturgical calendar, uh, uh, and every uh, time I click a link, it's a bad gateway. <laughs> Can you contact uh, HR for me? Uh, yeah. Uh, Tell them, hey, yeah. somebody's trying to learn here. And every freaking time, y'all oh. need to learn the internet. Yeah. So, um, well, if if you want to see like the readings for it and or in a calendar, the, I am literally uh, on the lmcs.org. LCMS. That's what I said. LCMS. There you go. Okay. LMCS. LCMS. It's all the same to us Baptists. But at the same time, like, 
make a link work, yeah. please. Uh, you know, I sorry, we're Lutherans. I don't want to get you we're in trouble. Slow, we're slow with uh, you know the not progression trying to get you in of trouble. Yeah. But listen, you got somebody who's trying to learn something about yeah. a doggone liturgical calendar. Yeah, and every time I click, I can't get to a stinking website. Oh, well, every so, one of their links is broken. Every uh, single one. Oh, maybe they're doing maintenance on the site. Who knows? Well, there should be something that says maintenance <laughs> under construction with men in hard hats, right? There. Yeah, like right. put Martin Luther in a hard hat yeah, and put him on go. your site saying under construction for a there second. There you go. Well, you get these doggone links to work. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Series yeah. A, Series B, all of them. Just yep. every stinking one what? broken. So I can't even oh. see what you guys are doing right now. Oh, so so if you go to there a different website, um, why Other than a, the main? Yes, website? yes, I know, I know. What uh, is it? Yaag dot org, which means year at a glance dot org. Yeah, you told me about this one. There yeah. you go. Oh, that, that works. Yeah, and and you can see like the different colors on there and stuff, and that's that's when the seasons change and and that type of stuff, and then the readings that are appointed for each of those. Um, and okay, so so you guys don't. Like you guys follow these readings, your sermons come from these readings, correct? Usually, yes. So you don't. I mean, you teach them exegetically, obviously, right? Because that's the only way to preach. If you're not preaching exegetically, are you really preaching? Um, (laughs) But you guys don't really do like book series. Those are more devotional Bible study type things. Like you're, like I know of a church that's going through Mark right now, and they've Mm -hmm. spent like the last year and a half in Mark. At our church, we went through Acts a year or so ago and went through the entire book of Acts. Yeah. So, uh, yes and no, because so the way the 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 those liturgical uh, readings are set up, they do go through books. So you've got um, like year we're we're entering into year B, and so the focus for that would be the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of John. So the multiple okay. The, the majority of the readings are going to come from those gospels. Um, and then yeah, I, I like, see that here. Like you got yeah. a few Matthews thrown in here, but you've got. Right. And then the uh, epistle reading, because we always read something from um, mm-hmm. an epistle. Those tend to follow as well. And I don't remember which ones come up so, this year. So like this Sunday, you have Psalm 80, Isaiah yep. 64. Correct. First Corinthians 1, 3 through 9. Correct. And then Mark 11, 1 through 10. Correct. And your sermon will come from all of them. From, I'm, I'm assuming could, they're all like related and tied together, but yeah, they, they tend to be, um, well, you also have Mark 13. Yeah. So that's an optional, uh, reading for that one, but we're going with the, uh, Mark 11 and you, so, so yeah, so you have all four of those texts that you can choose to preach from. And then they're often related uh, in some way, shape, or form. So, in this case, you know the Isaiah sixty-four, or yeah, sixty-four is, uh, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, yeah, uh, that the mountains might quake at your presence. And so it's this again, this coming uh, idea. And same with the the triumphal entry. The First Corinthians, I I'm not sure if I can't remember if that's actually starting. You know, we'll go through First Corinthians through the 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 rest of the the year. Next, um, no, the or, following week is Second Peter, then the following week after that's First Thessalonians. Okay, so yeah, so that one's that one's a little. I don't, but I, don't I mean, know. that makes sense because if you go into L- any LCMS church, you're getting those readings. 
majority. Majority. Uh, not, I, I don't want to paint yeah. with a broad brush, but yeah, yeah. And you're you're also so and and the other on the on the doing books and stuff. So we tend to focus so if you look at and if you're looking at that calendar. So you'll have blue for Advent, then you have white for Christmas, and then kind of uh, green mm-hmm. with some white uh, yep. for Epiphany, Epiphany, and then uh, Lent uh, mm-hmm. is purple. And then Easter is white, and then Pentecost. Um, there's a couple white and one red at the end, but then it's then it becomes green for like the whole summer, basically. Yeah. And uh, during that time, that's a lot of a lot of pastors do substitute out readings, and they'll say, you know, we're going to go through the Book of James, we're going gotcha. to go through um, the Book of you know Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. whatever whatever it is that that might not be uh in the the readings themselves uh consistently and so and it's just like hey let's preach on <laughs> preach on this so there is a a freedom uh within that as well as so similar as as with the the church calendar the liturgical calendar uh and the and the liturgical readings these are tools to be utilized again um and they they've been there are they are traditions that have been handed down and they are for uh you know, to aid the pastor and the congregation mm-hmm. in the proclamation of the word. And that's the, the, the three year lectionary cycle is actually a very recent, um, addition. Uh, and there, there is a one year lectionary cycle, which is yeah, the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of known as the historic, uh, lectionary. So which you're is, on the three year then. Correct. Um, so, but I know, I know congregations that use the one year as well. And there's, you know, there's, there's some argument that goes back and forth of, is it better to hear the same stories every Sunday, every year? Does that embed it more into a person or is it better to hear more of the Bible throughout three years? Or is it, uh, again, is it better to preach? So if you're on a one year cycle, then, then you'll. There could be somebody who spends twenty years in that church on a one-year cycle that never gets preached to from some portions of the Bible. Correct. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But we have completely derailed this conversation. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that's Advent. Fine. Sorry, you no, that's... ruined me with this doggone yeah. website. Sorry. Um, yeah. But but the, back the... to Advent, right? So yeah. the idea of coming. Right. right, and and I love that verse. I think it is it Galatians where he says, "When the fullness of time had yep. come, God sent forth His Son, born of a virgin." And I I always draw upon what I taught in previous weeks because that's what's fresh on the mind, right? But right. last week I spent time in in Romans nine talking about the Jews and their unbelief. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's just so interesting to me, and I don't know how, again, I don't want to be a chronological snob, as C.S. Lewis would say, (laughs) right? Because it's like, are you guys serious, right? Yeah. But you have all these prophecies in the Old Testament that you are all very well versed in because that was your schooling was the Old Testament. And yet this man shows up because the fullness of time had come. Right. And you ultimately tell Pilate, 
crucify him. Yep. Right? Yeah. He, he came to his own and his own knew him not. They knew him not. And yep. and I was reading through the end of Luke today and, you know, he just continues saying like, I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. It, it's going to happen. Yep. Right. Because they aren't, they aren't believing. Yep. Right. And so it, it just, it, to me, it's just so it, Again, I don't. I I'm not here to pass judgment because look, I'm someone who's on a daily basis trying to just bow myself at the foot of the cross at this point, right? Because I know that I'm just a hopeless wreck of a person. <laughs> but it's it's just so crazy to me. Yeah. However, I think if this if we were in the same situation today, and Jesus were to be here. I don't think he would be treated differently. No, not. Does that so, make sense? Yeah. I, I If, if so we had I, the full I, compendium I, of scripture and Jesus came back to have the same ministry today, which I understand. Listen, ho- mm-hmm. totally hypothetical. I'm not trying to be heretical. Yeah. I'm just trying to make a point. We have the entirety of scripture. We've read. We've worshiped. Jesus shows up. Not the Revelation 19 Jesus, because that Jesus yep. shows up. You're, Everybody's going to know. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I'm saying the Jesus of the Gospels, right? Yeah. Same Jesus. I'm not trying to be a thing here. But I think our reaction would be the same. Y- yes. I I think so. There would I mean, be they, some they only... that believe, and there would be many well, who are religious, yeah. who he trumps their tradition, so, and they would so I would, Yeah, so I, I would— um, I would say that that's actually he is here with us, and and and, well, and this is going to uh, you know follow me. You understand this. what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theologically, but, I, mean, I agree with you. But it's but it's like so when you read scripture out loud, and specifically when you read Jesus's words out yeah. loud to him, I mean it's it's as if he, it's He's not there. just as if he, he is there, yeah. and and there are people who still say, no, I <gasps> I don't believe that. No, I don't I don't want that. Um, you sent it that's... to me. You sent it to me. It was Russell Moore from the South, uh, Southern Baptist Convention. He was talking. He's oh. now the editor-in-chief of Christianity Today. Or maybe I yeah. sent it to you. But he was talking about how pastors quoting the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Had congregants yeah. come up to him and say, and say that's that don't too liberal anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. Where'd you get those liberal talking points? Yeah. From? Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and, and that's. But you're right. Yeah. And, Holy and, moly. And, and it all connects. Yeah. And, and that's it. And that's, and that is the, well, and, and that's really getting back to Advent. That's why Advent is so unique because yeah. in it, you will hear, um, so the triumphal entry is the first week. And then at one point, I think there's actually two weeks where it's John the Baptist, or John the baptizer, mm-hmm. um, yeah. preaching and calling to repentance. And that is really, again, Advent is this season of both penitence and hope, but mm-hmm. you have to have both. And it yes. strips you, it strips you of any preconceived notions that you have about God and whatever. And you have to go, you have to come in humility and say, all right, Lord, you be Lord. I'm going to be your creature. And when you, when you let that happen and, and let that uh, really guide you in in the Advent season. Then all of a sudden, the recognition of this is what God has done 
in Emmanuel, in Christ with or in God with us, in Christ coming down to save us, it, it all of a sudden it takes on this just mind blowing meaning for us. Uh, this ties into it, but it, it, it kind of have Have oh, you heard ahead. this song called "Oh Come All Ye Unfaithful"? No, I'm not. Okay, I'm gonna send it to you. Okay. But but it it's a song by a group called Sovereign Grace Music. Uh-huh. Oh come all ye unfaithful, come weak and unstable, come know that you are not alone. Oh yeah. come barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come see what your God has done. Christ is born, Christ is born, Christ is born for you. Oh come bitter and broken, come with fears unspoken, come taste of his perfect love. Oh come guilty and hiding ones, there's no need for uh there's no need to run. See what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. Yeah. Right. And it's that's yeah. the that's Advent. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that's it. And uh, it is the so to so the reading for this this weekend is Isaiah sixty four, and I think this ties into and it ties into it nicely. Um. So Isaiah is praying actually a prayer, and this kind of picks up in the middle of it. But he asked that God would come down, rend the heavens and come down, um, basically show his presence that is, you know, just like it was at Sinai so that people would be afraid. Uh, and then he has this, this verse, when you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. For no one of old, from of old, no one has heard or perceived by ear. No one has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. And there's just this... Uh, this beautiful reality of like, we're talking about, you know, if Jesus were here with us now, would we perceive it? And the, the, re, the answer is no, without the Holy spirit, we would not. Sure. Because it's you, it's awesome things that God does that we weren't looking for mm-hmm. when we were expecting the King to come when the, and I say, we, you know, the, the, right. the people of God in the past, thought it was going to be a, a political king, thought it was going to be a, a new established earthly reign. Well, Luke even says when he goes to Herod, Pilate sends yeah. him to Herod, and Herod was yeah. excited to see him because of all that he heard he would he had done so yeah. that he could do a sign, sign for him. Right. Right? Like, yeah. oh, come here, magician. Come yeah. and entertain me. <laughs> yeah. That's and, so, and so it's, it's all these expectations of what we think God is going to do, and then all of a sudden, nope, here he comes, not born in a palace born in a manger yeah um not you know of of noble birth uh, to use one of paul's sayings from first corinthians uh yet heralded by angels mm-hmm. not not presented to the the high priest and the sanhedrin and to the the councils and all that but presented to shepherds and lowly people not, not riding into the city on a stallion but coming it, in on a donkey on a donkey yeah and and not being crowned in the palace, but being crowned on a cross. Mm-hmm. And so you see all this inversion of awesome things that we did not look for, yet in the middle of that, God is doing everything for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, just because it's in here, the it, and this is another part of the, the repentance thought that comes out of it. This is Isaiah 64, the, the chapter, or, and specifically the verse that, you know, all, all our righteous deeds are like polluted garment. Verse six, uh, we have all become un, like one who is unclean. All of our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. 
And that's, you know, that is a huge call to repentance to say that there's nothing that we stand on on our own that we can bring before God. That, you know, it, it, we, we don't come on our terms. We don't come with any goodness in us because everything that we present as good to him on our own, it's a Dirty. filthy rags, polluted yes. garments. And if you want to go look that up, what that actually is, uh, I'll invite you to do that, but I'm not going to, I'm going to yeah, say, we're our, not going to say hearers. that out loud. We will yeah. keep your ears clean yeah. for this show. It's a family friendly <laughs> show, which is right. why we will not say it, but go look it yeah. up because it's, it's akin to Paul saying all of the things that I have accomplished prior to Christ are exactly. as dung rubbish. Yeah. And, so, and and it's not really <laughs> dung that he is talking about, yeah. but more of a pejorative term yeah. that is being used in an exclamatory way is what yeah. one commentator said. Yeah. yeah. But the, the whole point that, that, that Isaiah is making and that Paul's making with that is we don't come before God with anything. No. We have to be stripped it's of all the of whole argument of Romans. Yes. It's justification by faith alone. By yes. And then like, by, by grace, by God, God right. coming in and grace giving it through to faith. you through faith. Correct. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, uh, and I'm going to quote Luther before you do on this podcast, but he said, <laughs> yep, thank you very much. In his preface to Romans, when he said that Abraham's faith was not because of his circumcision, circumcision came after right. as a mark of the righteousness. Yep. It, there is yeah. nothing like yeah, that's why I go back to the statement that I made just a few minutes ago. Every day I'm waking up and just bowing my foot, myself at the foot of the cross because there's right. literally nothing else I can do. Yes. At the end of the day, and this is something that's taken me 36 years to realize, but at the end of the day, there's there's nothing that AJ Riley can add to anything God is doing other than saying, "My yes is on the table. Use me as you will." And thank you. And thank you. And thank you. And, thank and that's you. and that's it. Thank that's you. That's it. it. And, and that's it. And, and and here's the crazy thing. Um, and this is, you know, this might be beyond the discussion here, but that's that's actually what God wants. Right. He doesn't want us to come, you know, we, we've talked about this in vocation and, and other right. things that it's like, uh, you know, we, we think we've got to get out there and do something God pleasing and, yeah, and all this stuff. And it's like, no, 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 you will do that because God has said. You will perform good works that, that, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, uh, yeah, 2, 8 through 10. Um, but, but it is the thing that, that God is the giver. He's the giver of life. He's the giver of salvation. He's the giver of all good gifts. Mm-hmm. And as a, as the giver of those things, that means that we are to be receivers of it and grateful the, receivers. And, and, Exactly, and the best way to receive it is to say, thank you. Um, which, which, and I'm going to go practical here for a second, Okay, is I think one of the single, aside from theological things, but the single most practical thing that we as dads can teach our kids. Yes. And I have realized <laughs> over the last few months just like how grateful, how ungrateful my kids mm-hmm. can tend to be. I listen, I love my yeah. kids. They're they're great kids. They do, but they are because of original sin and right. total depravity of man, just purely ungrateful thinking about themselves. And I've had to sit there and say, Hey bud, like Yeah. 
we just we literally just did all of these things are you really going to complain that you don't get to have a cheese stick before bed (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know what i mean yeah 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 and 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 that is something that we have to train our our children you don't have to train them to be selfish but you do have to be trained you do have to train them to be and it starts uh, by uh, us modeling how thankful we are Yes, that I mean, for us as dads, for us as chaplains, like, right, we have to be the example. We have to be the model that says this is how you do things. Yeah. And to here's it. And again, this might be we're well, we've gone off stream already. Listen, this is a pure stream of consciousness. We're talking about Jesus coming and the thankfulness that is it all ties together. Right. For him and through him and to yeah. him belong all things. Yeah. So here's a, uh, I talked about this in one of my uh, Bible study classes. Um, and are we thankful when we receive a cross? Like when we uh, have to bear our cross. And, and the illustration. We yeah. talked about Rejoice. this in our Rejo- suffering. That's in right. In our suffering right, right. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a. Because I, I was, well, it was Pastor Wolf Mueller um, that I saw. He had a little video mm-hmm. up on the difference between uh, gratitude and thankfulness. And he, he, and this, this might be kind of an arbitrary distinction that he makes, but I, I like the point. And that is gratitude focuses on the gift. Thankfulness focuses on the giver. And the illustration that he used was uh, if his mom came and gave him a, uh, a steak, he would be he would have gratitude for the steak um but he would be thankful for his mom because his mom takes care of him but if mom brought him a brussels sprout he might not have gratitude for the brussels sprout but he's still thankful for his mom and because he doesn't like brussels sprouts his but it was analogies just, are really good like he's a really yeah. funny writer yeah like and a very clever writer yeah and so and I, and I was just thinking about that and it's like you know yeah, how often do we Yeah, no, it's not. And it's and it's how often do we get so focused on um you know, we want God to give us these good things and we are uh only thankful to him when, when we we're, get them. when we get those good things yep. and we're and because we are focused on the gift and not the giver versus yeah. even the bad things that happen that God is God is giving it to us for some reason. We might not know why, but he is, you know, it, it is tested genuineness of our faith is why. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's a, excellent point. <laughs> right. Do not be surprised when the fiery trial comes upon you. Um, do not think it's something strange, but yeah. And so you, you, I, I, it is hard to think that way because going back to our, our kids and like having to train mm. them to be thankful. Right. This is, this is the stuff that we have to continue to train ourselves on a in. daily basis. Yeah. Um, and to, and again, again, that ties to Advent because the, the, the season itself, it really strips you of anything, any, yeah, anything that you think you sh- can bring before God or any expectations mm-hmm. yes. you have on God and, and let him be God. Let him be, to, to quote from Romans, let him be both just and the justifier yes. of, of the one who has faith in Christ. And, I really think that that's uh, these four weeks in Advent help us to see that. And then it also 
magnifies the glory of Christ coming to us in the flesh um, to endure a, a life in a sinful world, mm-hmm. um, to put up with knuckleheads like us. I mean, just on a daily just, basis. Yeah, just read the Gospels, <laughs> yeah. and and then to graciously give His life for us all to say, you know, this is why I came, mm-hmm. um, not, you know, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through Himself. And that's just, you know, when you start to see all those kind of pieces fit together. Well, one, what that does is it changes, again, it pulls you out of the world and the commercialization of Christmas and really gets you mm-hmm. to focus on, this is why um, Jesus came to earth. This is, you know, he is, he is here, as the angel announces in Matthew, to save his people from their sins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, and then as the angel announces in Luke, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Run to you this day is born in the city of Bethlehem, the city of David, a Savior mm-hmm. um, who is Christ the Lord. And so when we come with that penitent, uh, humble, because that's the other side of this, is, mm-hmm. it is, it is when, when God strips you of everything and you go, I have nothing, that's a position of humility. Yet that's exactly where God wants you because there he can be the giver to you. And it's exactly how the studies of Scripture should leave us. Yeah. There should be no mm. arrogance yeah. when we study Scripture. Yeah. You don't have yeah. it all figured out. We will never have it all figured out. But we can only hope to say, please, can I have some more? Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. please, thank you, because yeah. you are a good God, because you are a good Father, and you are continuing to give. Practically... What are you as a family doing for Advent? So that's a great uh, question because this this is one of the more fun times um, for devotionals with uh, mm-hmm. with Advent. So we have um, we have the Advent calendar mm-hmm. kind of thing, which uh, there are there I've seen these in the secular stores now. They call them Advent calendars. But they're counting down for Santa to come. Just just sure uh, interesting. Uh, but there are good well, ones. If that, Advent does mean coming, I mean, yeah, that's, that, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are ones that are, you know, uh, that we get one from uh, Bronner's up in mm-hmm. Frankenmuth. Uh, Frankenmuth. That You've are, been up there? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, not recently, but up there several times. But they, you know, too like much it. Christmas. <laughs> too much Christmas. Yeah. Uh-uh. So, but they that's have just insanity. Yeah. But they have um, some Advent calendars, and they're ones that you peel open, mm-hmm. and it'll have a little picture, and then it'll have a Bible verse, and you know, <laughs> you, it's it's usually it starts with the prophet. Well, you know, starts with the prophecies, and then it gets into Luke two, um, or Luke one and Luke two, because it it does uh, have John the Baptizer's birth in there as well. So, but it's all these things that are leading up to the birth of Christ. It's telling the story of. Of Christmas, so that's one of them that we have that we do. Um, then we also have our uh, we have an Advent Advent wreath, and okay. that's uh, if uh, if you go into a, a traditional church, they will probably have one. It has four four candles around the side, and one in the middle. The colors will vary. It could be blue or it could be purple. There's usually one pink candle, um, and those are lit 
on each Sunday as the the season progresses. So what we do at home is for our our dinner devotion, we'll have that candle and we'll sing um, a verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, or, or two verses of it, and we'll build so that we're singing by the end of Advent the whole hymn, the whole seven verses of it, and it's focusing on this is what we're looking forward to. Yeah. Come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. So that's that's part of it. There are uh, we've done occasionally actual like other like published devotions that mm. you know uh, will focus on a theme, whatever. Uh, so we do that, and then also just on on the church level, we add in an extra service technically too um, during Wednesdays. And for this year, for my uh, uh, church services. We're going to focus because there's three weeks of it. We'll have three Wednesdays. We're going to focus on the solos of the Reformation. Nice. So we just got a new new sign at our church, and it has sola sola fide, sola gratia, um, and sola scriptura ar- nice. around it. And it's it's been put up on our our church, and so it's like this would be the perfect time to yeah talk through those. So no, that's fantastic. Um, so we, I don't know where we got it from, but Jess showed it to me when we were unloading on friday for decorating the house um but we have like an advent devotional that was published mm-hmm. um so we're going to do that this year we in years past we've not been very good at this this is all things that we're trying to implement to make better um my kids do have the commercialized advent calendars because mm-hmm. they were gifted to them yeah and they've been sitting in our basement for like a year so we're going to use those this year, but now that you said that there's actually good ones out there, yep. I will make sure that they get the good ones um, moving forward. So yeah, they we have those, and then every night we do God time. Um, it's part of their low five, so they have a high yep. five in the morning that they have to get ready for the day, and then they get a high five, and then at, the, at night they do a low five. And one of those is we do our devotionals right before they go to bed. Um, and so we're going to we're going to put that advent starting December 1st, not December 3rd, but we'll do it. Yeah. Starting December 1st on Friday night. And I don't really know what else we're going to be doing. I know we have our kids singing on the 17th of December yeah. in our church. So that's going to yeah. be fun. <laughs> um, and then I've made a worship, a Christmas worship playlist. Cause I have a Christmas playlist that has like, you know, the songs from the movies that they like uh-huh. with some other songs mixed in that I like. Um, and then I made a worship playlist that's like I'm playing all the time. I'm like, no, this is Christmas music. We're listening to this, right? Like, <laughs> this is the one we're listening to this time. So that's what we're doing. We're not, again, this is a learning for me, this whole Advent thing, because it was never a huge focus in a church that's very non-liturgical. Right. So however I can find ways to implement it, that's what I'm going to be looking for. But no specific plan other than the devotional and the kids getting their piece of chocolate every night. Yeah. What a terrible idea that is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where the the chocolate thing came from, but yeah. yeah, Like here, let's give the kids a piece of chocolate before we go and put them to bed. Well, yeah. It, I mean, it, it was again, kind of like, so Jack the, can't wait though, so he always wakes up and he goes, "Can I get my candy now?" We're like, "Yeah, sure, fine." <laughs> yeah. Better than now, and then it wear yeah. off for. Yeah. So 
that was, I mean, because again, kind of going back to the, the historic traditional setting, I mean, this was a, a time of a penitential season was a time of fasting. So, I mean, they, I, it's oh, not, that's why the chocolate's like this big, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. let's just make it as small as possible. So it's not a feast. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's I, I don't know. I, yeah. Because it's all commercialized at this point, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that's that's essentially what it means is yeah. another reason to give kids sugar. That's, <laughs> hey, yeah. here's a calendar to count down until, you know, Santa comes. So why not celebrate with sugar? Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The amount of sugar we give our kids is just unbelievable. Yeah, that's true. In this yeah. season specifically. Yeah. From Halloween to Christmas? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Holy mother of Jesus, old Pete's. <laughs> yeah. Like, goodness gracious. Yeah. No, that's and that, that's kind of funny is, you know, it'll be this candy, the candy from Halloween and the candy from Christmas will last until next, I, almost next Halloween. We and, We just had them combine their Halloween bags. Yeah. And it was like, okay, get the stuff that can go in like lunches. And we'll put that off to the side. And then it was like, here, fill up this bag. And I was like, oh, no. No, 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 no. But that's what they filled up. And how many pieces of candy did they throw away? Yeah. Seven. Seven. So really. Good good, biblic- <laughs> good biblical number there. You know? I'm like, yeah, but they're all Almond Joy and Coconut Joy. So it was like, yeah. why would I want to steal those? Yeah. But they're like, what's this? Is this a Milky Way? I'm like, eh, you wouldn't like that. Throw this in this bowl. That's my bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know, but no, very good. So Advent, the coming of the Messiah. That's what we're yeah. celebrating this weekend. If you have the opportunity to get into a church and celebrate it, please do so because there is no better place you can be. As long as that yeah. church is preaching the Bible, right. not just attracting you with smoke and mirrors, literally. Make sure you're getting into a place that is teaching the Bible that they're preaching is gospel focused. And if it's gospel focused, that means it exalts and lifts up the name of Jesus above all else, because he is a name that is above every other name. And, and at, it is through his name that we are saved. And at his coming, every knee shall bow and confess and, him as Lord. So, so we might as well learn that now instead of at the time that he does come, because that would not be a good time. But listen, this is going to do it for the Advent show of the Two Chess Pod. He's Coleman, and I'm AJ. Hopefully not coughing next week. But we will see you then. Make sure you check out On Culture Dad for some content. And we are going to be sending out a newsletter the first Thursday of every month, which will include a devotional for uh, Christians and specifically dads so make sure that you've signed up unculturedad.com slash newsletter make sure you like and subscribe on all the socials i'm not gonna bore you with that he's coleman again i'm aj (laughs) we'll see you next week and as always what do we tell him coleman stay uncultured there we go okay that was, a, that was a massive web of fun. <laughs> yeah, that was good. It felt like a holiday special or something. <laughs> it's like, like Dick Van Dyke's holiday special. It yeah. just goes off the rails. Right. No, 
everything we said made sense though, and it all flowed except for me getting distracted by your <laughs> non-internet I, working denomination here, buddy. I, I'm. I I have to figure out what you're looking at there because there's. I was. I'm, I literally had pulled up lcms.org. And when and, I went to, and when I went to like year B, year A, all those different things, everyone's like bad gateway, bad gateway, bad gateway. It's like okay, hmm. they don't want me to learn the liturgical year. Thanks, Lutherans. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're welcome. You guys, uh, I, us I four, no more. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I, I've heard, <coughs> and not, not that I. Not that we had to mention this or whatever, but uh, I do know that the the, the prayer that was uh, that comes out during Advent uh, is uh, Maranatha or Mara uh, oh, yeah. Maranatha. Uh, it's Aramaic, but it's it means "Come quickly, Lord." And, like that was the traditional prayer in that in that penitential season of you know we're looking forward to just as we begin the new church year. And we're we're focusing on, um, you know, what 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 lies ahead of us day by day. That we're still asking the Lord to come, and to come quickly, to mm. save us from, you know, the the sin infested world that we live in. Well, and that's him, right. I may, maybe it's a him. I don't have it as a him, but come thou long expected Jesus. Yes, that's a him. Yep. And born the to version set I people have, free. not the hymn version of it. It's oh. set to instruments, but I mean, it's such a yeah. good song. Yeah, and uh, you know, and that's we're still we long for that, and it, mm-hmm. that's an interesting the thing. In the, again, from Pastor Wolf Mueller to, to think about, he says you have to be. He was commenting on uh, the parable of the ten virgins, um, which is uh, also. So the the end of the church year and the the beginning of the new church year with Advent have parallels because the end of the church year talks about Christ's return as king. And so Advent begins again looking forward to that. So you kind of bookend it that way. Um, But one of the parables is the, or the, the parable that's quite frequently used is the parable of the 10 virgins. And he was commenting on as Christians, we have to be ready, which is being wise, having mm-hmm. our, our lamps filled, and having our oils, oil flask. But we also have to be ready to wait, because the the virgins had their had the oil flask, but they also the the bridegroom was delayed, um, and so you see this tension that's existing of we have to always be prepared for Christ's return. Uh, yet at the same time, we have to be ready for him not to return as as quickly as we want. Um, you know, the, the day and the time that he is appointed, and so it, it's a uh, Advent picks up kind of that as well as our being ready now is the repentance, mm-hmm. but our ready to wait is the hope that lies ahead. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I'm excited for this season. Um, I always enjoy Christmas because it's a very cozy and like very family focused holiday. Mm-hmm. I've never liked Christmas music though. 
Like seriously, like, um, secular the, or yeah, I church. mean, obviously more of the the secular stuff because it's just like everywhere you go. Like oh, yeah. if I hear Mariah Carey one more time, <laughs> I may like rip a speaker out or something. <laughs> but um, I don't know. There's something different about this year. I was playing like Christmas music like three weeks ago, mm. like with the kids because they're like, "Can we listen to?" And I was like, yeah. "Yeah, let's get excited about it." So, so if you really like, uh, if you like looking at the liturgical calendar and stuff, I don't know. You, I can't get to it. The link's oh, wow, broken. Yeah, they're right, right. Um, but if you really want to get specific for that, like, uh, or not specific, but like really pious. That in quotation marks, uh, you don't actually do Christmas things until December twenty fourth, the evening, and Christmas is then you you get it you get your twelve days from where we get the, the the song the twelve days of Christmas you get your twelve days to celebrate Christmas and that's where you have to load everything Christmas wise and like put your tree up all that stuff like that but of course again not commanded not not forbidden wait so like. Like, you would set your tree up on Christmas Eve. Yeah, like, and then twelve days from there is yeah. the New Year. Well, technically, you you can wait until uh, February second, I believe, which is the forty days after Christmas, which is the presentation of the Lord in the, yeah. in the temple, and so you can have it up for for that time. But yeah, there's some there's some weird like, uh, you know, things that it's like. If you really want to follow it, you know, do it this way and stuff. So, but my yeah. wife would kill me. <laughs> no, my family no. always decorated on the Friday after of Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, Friday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, like That's... that was just we did what you guys did. We like growing up. We always we were, we were talking about this at at Thanksgiving or. No, we were talking about Sunday night with my parents, and it was Thursday for Thanksgiving. My grandma Riley, who used to live just north of Detroit, she would come down, and she'd end up staying with us because my mom and dad would get up at, like, 4 in the morning to go do the the Black Friday shopping. Oh, wow. Because of all the deals that they could get, right? And you got four kids on a pastor salary, one income, right? Like, try and take as much advantage of it as they could. And then when they would get back, then we would drive out to Belleville and get our tree. And then we'd cut down the tree and then leave it outside. And then we'd spend Saturday decorating it. Um, That's changed a little bit. Like, we don't have a real tree in my house, um, which is fine with me. I'm okay with that. I I haven't. I don't have to water it. I don't have to worry about it drying out. (laughs) Like, I'm fine with that. Less things to check off every day. Um, but no, it, it's good. It, I, I like the, the family and the togetherness and the tradition that's involved with this time of year. Yeah. Like, Thanksgiving to Christmas is becoming like the, the favorite time of the year. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, it it gets busier um, mm-hmm. as a pastor, but it's also there. Yeah, that that 
like when you actually get to Christmas, um, then there's this, this kind of release and it's, you know, revitalizing and, you know, it, it's, it's nice. Same, mm-hmm. same, same kind of, uh, phenomena happens with Easter. Like you get through Easter and through all that busy time as well. And then there's just this kind of calm. And mm-hmm. so the um, one thing we didn't I, say tonight, though, Advent Christmas is really meaningless without Easter. I, well, we I, I did. I threw it in there. Did uh, you? I didn't hear yeah. you say it. And I've been listening well, the whole well, time. Well, not not not. Maybe not, not verbatim, in those pejorative who, terms. Or, yeah, not in those exact terms, but because <laughs> you're definitely... much more couth than I am, I'm just like, <laughs> let me say it in shock yeah. value. Yeah, but well, yeah, but it, I mean, that's the because you can't, yeah, and that's that's why again talking about the church here that it's built on those three things, um, you know, Christmas, Easter, um. Those two things, technically the ascension as well. That's an important thing, but um, kind of, you know, those those events, and it's yeah. You if you don't have Easter, you none of it, n- none of it matters. Um, and that is the connection that we often forget with Christmas is you have to tie the them together. The, yeah, and there are. And granted, scholarship goes back and forth on like what was the manger that Jesus laid in but there are people that uh and i've heard it preached you know the wood of the manger uh is is only a prelude to the wood of the cross like and so you know those those connections there um and in fact in some some uh like models of uh like nativity scenes and stuff Mm -hmm. there if you look close enough on the baby jesus that uh, some people have put dots on his hands to remind you that he doesn't stay here in the manger. He goes to yeah, the cross. Right. Yeah. Okay. Something completely off topic before I let you go. Sure. Actually. Yeah. Let's now nah, let's end it here. All right. This would be off air conversation. <laughs> uh, for those of you sticking around, thank you very much. We will see you guys next week. He's Coleman. I'm AJ. And, Next week, we don't even know what we're talking about yet, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And we will have fun doing it. We'll (laughs) see you guys next week. Stay uncultured, guys. Hey, everybody, just want to thank you once again for spending some time with the Two Chaps Pod today. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to our channel. Pound that bell for notifications so you can be notified when our latest content drops. If you're on social media, we are all over the place, including the brand new Threads from Meta, and I do want to remind you, for longer content, including pre-show and post-show audio, make sure you've subscribed on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Two Chaps Pod, and until then, stay uncultured.